Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink as we come to you for the 50th episode, the 50th podcast rebooted episode. Can you believe it that we've made it to 50? I can't. Well, maybe I can. I thought we'd get here. thought maybe we'd have more by this point. But it is the 6th of November 2017 for those playing at home in terms of the actual release date of this one and a massively big Brink Delicious episode for you today. We've got some regulars and people we haven't heard from in a while and some other great little tidbits to come to you along the way, including, of course, a bit of a taster teaser of uh, the Brink Unleashed 8, which the trailer is coming out today as well. So um, just stay tuned for that. We'll bring that to you. But uh, it's been a big week, of course, uh, in terms of episodes and people listening and uh, as always we'd like to give a bit of a shout out to those of you who do listen to us listen to our show and uh, tell you where you are tuning in from uh, in terms of we had technically had two episodes throughout the week of course um, with our grand final from the Van Demons League on the weekend but in terms of our uh, actual episode episode 49 uh, our Aussie listeners our Italians and our Austrians uh, good to see you all tuning in and getting excited for the show uh, great to great to hear uh, we'll read, I guess, that you're listening. And as always, you know, feel free to contact us, send us a shout out. Uh, you know, we can uh, say good day to you on the show. Uh, specifically, if you do wish to to uh, be noticed, uh, you might just be shy. That's maybe why you don't necessarily want uh, some communication there. And also, in terms of our uh, Van Diemen's League coverage, our grand final from the weekend, great game that one with the Red Barons winning. And you'll hear a little bit of a snippet of that uh, to help tease uh, you out there in terms of uh, downloading the full thing. Uh, Australians and Americans. Uh, the people who like to listen to that one. And a shout-out to our American listeners, especially those in Minneapolis and Peaks Island. Been to Minneapolis, beautiful city. Uh, Peaks Island, don't know too much about of. Uh, apparently, I'm learning here that it is in Maine, uh, one of the states I've actually never been to. So there you go. Uh, hello to those listening on Peaks Island. I hope it was the peak of your week listening to uh, the grand final. That was a bad joke. Moving on, Ben. <laughs> been a while since we've had this guy on the show because there's only so much New Zealand you can take at certain parts of the year. But it is, of course, the one, the only, Nick Chester from New Zealand. Nick, welcome back to The Brink. What do you mean there's only so much you can take, mate? Uh, well, didn't we just discuss that in another episode on the Oz Network, uh, available now via uh, <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. Um, it's good to have you back, Nick. I mean, uh, first of all, happy one-year anniversary for me visiting New Zealand. That was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but um, just thought I'd share that. <laughs> it's funny how you... Yeah, well, you kind of get all the, you know, the Facebook memories all start coming through. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were luging down a mountain this like, time of oh, year ago. Oh, that's right. He came and visited. Oh. Um, yeah. We had, we've got a bit to talk about, it seems, in the last few weeks since we've been here. Um, first thing I've got to point out, like, um, we, you and I are big fans of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And, you know, we've talked a bit at length in terms of, uh, you know, he likes to talk about New Zealand. There's always sort of every now and then there's a New Zealand segment. And we've also mentioned the fact that he's only ever really had one segment in the history of the show about Australia when it came to Johnny Depp and his dogs. But uh, this week, of course, we had the return of Australia. I I was wondering when he was going to do one about our same-sex marriage vote. And what made it so fantastic was the fact that Tasmania actually got a direct reference when it came to, obviously... uh, the situation where Tony Abbott got headbutted by a Tasmanian anarchist. Uh, I mean, this was great, right, Nick? Come on, Australia getting representation on John Oliver. I was happy. Well, it's nice to see him take the piss out of somebody else because we uh, we seem to be the butt of all his jokes. So it's nice when it's somebody else for a change. And I, um, it, it was pretty funny. Um, it's the only bit that that um, that I've that I've seen of the episode so far. I had to go and find it on YouTube because like, I've got to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, given that you guys have given him quite a bit of um, potential material on the last, you know, 
couple of months. I'm surprised it's taken this long, really, with the whole Barnaby Joyce situation. I would have thought that was <laughs> that was a surefire John Oliver piece. Um, and same with us. I thought, you know, all the um, election stuff we've had going on, I thought for sure that that would be a, a big part. But I guess um, kind of Trump just it dominates everything, doesn't he? So yeah. you've kind of got to cover that stuff first. I kind of think, yeah, when we're in that situation, he's going to be covering that side of things too. But um I did, I, you know, you always love it when he comes up, when he talks about a country and he kind of has that weird reference and what well, this week's with us, it's like, uh, not just, not the home of a Outback Steakhouse, but the Outback Steakhouse of countries, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, fair point. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the funny thing I mentioned to you off air was the fact that, you know, I got a bit giddy, a bit excited. So I posted something, you know, on social media about, oh my God, fanboy moment. And of course, you know, typical Tasmania. I post about the fact that, oh, you know, in Tasmania, you got a reference to the guy who headbutted Tony Abbott. Within five minutes, one of my Facebook friends tagged the actual guy. <laughs> so it's like, oh, look, John, you're famous on international TV. So, you know, I, I don't know if you get that a lot in like Hamilton or that sort of stuff where everybody knows everybody. It's kind of the ongoing joke. But yeah, we definitely had that with that. Yeah, I, I guess New Zealand's a little bit like that too. Um, probably not quite as bad as Tasmania, but yeah, you do get that kind of everybody knows everybody through you know a couple of degrees of separation. Yeah, it's I always have a game where it's like, oh, let's click on a mutual friend and see who a mutual. You know, you'd always find someone with a mutual friend somewhere in Tasmania. Yeah, but um, yeah, obviously uh, the biggest news come from New Zealand since we last spoke is congratulations, Nick. You actually have a prime minister, uh, and it's uh, it's Jacinda. Jacinda's in. Uh, she's she's. She's on top of New Zealand. What the hell happened? How did Jacinda win this? Because I remember the last time we talked about this, you were saying that uh, it probably wasn't necessarily going to go that way. Yeah, well, I guess we've got a, quite a, um, a complicated system and the way things work, and it's probably not something I can explain easily in you know two minutes or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, basically, our system is not – it's proportional. So um, – basically different political parties can get together and form an alliance. So we ended up with one party, the National Party, that got 45% of the vote or 44% or whatever it was. And everyone just assumed that, you know, they'd just get another little coalition partner and they would be um, in charge for the next three years. But as it turned out, all the other parties got together and they had more than than the National Party. So this group of kind of three parties has formed this this coalition, which they're going to try and hold together for the next three years. Um, and, and they've taken control. So this kind of weird situation where the party with the, the, the single party with the most seats is actually in opposition now, which is a little bit weird. And, you know, all their supporters are a little bit up in arms. But that's the way our system works is that, um, you know, you've, you've got to have allies and you've got to have other parties you can work with. And arguably the National Party um, tried to knife all their, their potential partners to the point where nobody wanted to work with them. So you can get as close to 50% as you want, but if you don't have anyone to work with to push you over 50, well, you're in trouble. Um, so it's all a bit complicated, but it's it's totally above board. One thing I will say is this was actually breaking news in Australia. Uh, we actually got a lot of, you know, breaking, New Zealand has a new prime minister, um, which is like, I guess, the first time in my life I remember ever seeing those words spread across our screen. Um, so, I mean, you know, it made news over here. But, I mean, is is it one of these things that's kind of, 
a, I guess, a popular decision because, I mean, I guess I remember, you know, our sort of similar-ish thing in 2010 when we sort of had the hung parliament and we kind of didn't know for about two or three weeks and then finally, with all the backroom deals and everything, Julia Gillard remained as Prime Minister and, you know, a lot of people were very unhappy about that um, and they kind of held that over a head for a long time. You know, you technically didn't get fully elected. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, like, how has New Zealand reacted to Jacinda Ardern being their Prime Minister? Well, I think it's you know these days you know politics is so divided. You know, like if you're a, if you're a fan of of the party, then you're really happy about that. And you know, um, those of us who have been on that side of the aisle have, have been you know we've spent quite a few years in opposition, so um, we're all kind of quite excited about that. But I think the you know the people on the the right wing are a little bit feeling like they they got a bit ripped off. So I, I guess it all depends on where you're standing. But you know there was quite a big turnout for her um, when she was sworn in last week. So you know I think there is at least a little bit of goodwill towards her going forwards. Um, and you know, I think probably from a, an international perspective, I'm sure there's probably quite a bit of interest in this. You know, 37 year old woman who's become prime minister. It's it's not something that happens most of the time. It's you know, in all due respect, it's normally the the boring old white man, isn't it? So, yeah. um, it's uh, I, I think there's probably a point of difference there that people are um, are drawn to at least overseas. So, like, what is what is like swearing in ceremonies like? I mean, is it you know? Obviously not as big a deal as like America when they have inauguration day. I mean, even here in Australia, it's you know not really a thing. They just kind of rock up to the Governor General, get their photo taken. There's the cabinet, and they might have a press conference. You know, it's kind of not a, a real thing here. I mean, is that kind of what it is in New Zealand? I mean, do you have like big day of celebration, New Zealand flags flying up, and she said that they my fellow New Zealanders, it's great to be the Prime Minister of this country, like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're the same as you guys. It's pretty low key, really. Um, I do kind of like the whole thing of, you know, our current prime minister, you know, because he obviously, quote unquote, lost the election. He had to go and officially resign um, <laughs> and take his resignation down to the, the governor general. And she had to accept his resignation before they could then swear in the new prime minister. So it's, I guess there's all these kind of things. And, you know, in England, they have the same thing, obviously, is that, you know, the, the Prime Minister has to go and ask permission from the Queen to form government. It's the same type of thing here, I guess, but it's just not quite as... It's the New Zealand version. What did they say, no? Like, you know, like, what if the Governor General's like, no! <laughs> like, go away! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't even want to go down that road. It's, it's just, it seems very interesting. I'm trying to find facts about her. Like, this, it's not kind of like, you know, 10 unknown facts about Donald Trump. Like, the, like I'm literally going here on her Wikipedia page personal life it says about you know she was a mormon i think you've mentioned that before and then she she rescinded her mormonness um but personal life her partner is television presenter clark gayford they have a ginger and white polydactyl cat called paddles uh, yes <laughs> which apparently is a cat with extra toes uh, and she seems quite yeah. proud of her on her instagram account like i'm guessing this is a big thing in new zealand well, I think probably one of the big stories has, you know, been from the start when she became leader of the Labour Party was that, you know, she's 37 and immediately they jumped on, do you have any plans to have kids, which was mm. seen as a bit of a, you know, you don't have the right to kind of ask that, or maybe you do or maybe you don't, depending on where you kind of sit. And, you know, so obviously she she had her, like, her nieces at the, the big um, swearing-in ceremony, but, but other than that, it's, yeah, I mean, her kind of her, her personal life, and I guess we kind of don't get into that as much in terms of we don't have you know your first lady or anything like that. It's kind of you, you know they're, they're kind of left to do it, and and yeah, we kind of stay out of their private lives to a, to a large degree, really. 
It, it, it's kind of almost a similar situation when, when Gillard was Prime Minister because, uh, I mean, she wasn't married. She was in a relationship with um, oh, Tim, whatever his name was, and, like, you know, they would just always question her about, you don't have any kids, and, uh, you know, it was kind of all this sort of stuff. And even, like, in here in Tasmania, we had uh, Premier Lara Giddings who, you know, she was always questioned about, you're not married, you don't have any kids. And, like, recently she's just left politics, but she's just she's pregnant now, so it's like a big deal. Like, oh, my God, Lara Giddings is pregnant. It's like, so what? Like, who gives a shit? Like, you know, Malcolm Turnbull, his wife, is pregnant. Like, who gives a shit? Like, why is it a thing? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting whenever sort of, you know, females are in these positions. Uh, I found um, the the only other one I can find here on Mashable.com. This was uh, done back in oh, a week ago, October 20th. Um, who is Jacinda Ardern? Here's some facts about her. She got an early start in politics. She was 17 when she joined the Labor Party. Great. She's not afraid to speak about sexism. I think it's sort of your reference there when she's talking about the kids. She likes to DJ. Uh, when Arden gets a break from work, she enjoys mixing beats in her spare time. According to New Zealand publication The Spin-Off, or as you would say, The Spawn-Off, uh, Arden has performed her fair share of DJ gigs, including a set at Auckland's Thunderdome during the 2014 Laneway Festival. So, like, is she going to be, you know, Prime Minister and releasing, like, DJ PM's latest mix or something like that? Yeah, I think one of the the funny jokes that was going around, well, not really very funny, let's be honest, um, one of the jokes that was kind of going around was that, you know, this is the first time that we can officially say that we've got the um, the set list of the Prime Minister from Laneway Festival. <laughs> um, you know, it's not something that you normally kind of... Um, you know, have with a prime minister. So yeah, I think you know it's one of those things where she's not quite a millennial, but she's she's getting a hell of a lot closer, and and suddenly she's the, you know, she's the face of the country. So things are a little bit different. One thing also I've got to say from a very dear friend of our website that we used to kind of rip shit into on the show, and then we sort of change over into high noon when we're on edge. We do our daily segment uh, where we would sort of list the famous birthdays, and there was this website famousbirthdays.com, and like it was pretty bad because they would kind of rank celebrities by their fame and you would often get like a YouTuber and Instagram star as the most famous person of the day having a birthday over someone like Leonardo DiCaprio who's like number four on the list. It was kind of a weird website but I found her on famousbirthdays.com and they've got a section here where they've got like her rankings in terms of like popularity. So in terms of the most popular on the entire website, she's number 17,583 in terms of the most popular celebrity on famousbirthdays.com She's the 47th most famous person born on July 26. Uh, and for those playing at home, I can tell you that number one on July 26 is somebody called Carson Luders, who's a 16-year-old pop singer who apparently is one spot more famous than Kate Beckinsale. Um, and apparently only Sandra Bullock is only number seven on that list. Hence, famousbirthdays.com is stupid. Uh, she is the most famous 37-year-old politician on FamousBirthdays.com. She's also the second most famous politician born in New Zealand, ranked only behind John Key. (laughs) And she's the number six ranked Leo politician. (laughs) So there are five more famous politicians who are Leos. Uh, then Jacinda Ardern. There you go. <laughs> Name all well, of them, Nick. Let's play a trivia game. <laughs> well, I think um, I think yeah, Helen. Well, Obama would be one of them, right? No. Well, uh, if he's a Leo, he's not on. They don't know about it. He's not on this list. Um, 
he's definitely a Leo. He's like August the second or something. So he's definitely a Leo. Um, so Obama, Obama not be on that list suddenly brings into question the whole validity of it. Um, not that not that I was um, suggesting that this was a, a watertight um, source <laughs> to begin with, but that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I, I think Helen Clark might have something to say about uh, who's the most well-known um, politician from New Zealand. So well, she's number four. Yeah, she's number four. Nick, I'm looking at this list. Politicians so, born so, in New Zealand: John Key, number one; Jacinda Ardern, two; Winston Peters, number three; Helen Clark, number four. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'd, I'd forgotten about Winston. How could I forget about Winston? Uh, and in terms of 37-year-old politicians, number one, she just beats David Alvarez, Manuel Velasco Coella, and the esteemed Albert Rivera. Um, for Leo politicians, people who rank ahead of her, so you've got Najib Razak, who I actually know, he's the Prime Minister of Malaysia, or he was, at least when I was there, I've seen the photo of him before. John Key is the second most famous Leo politician ever. Francois Hollande, former President of France. Hugo Chavez is number four. And Thomas Ravenel is number five, followed by Jacinda Ardern. Uh, yeah, I cannot see Barack Obama on this list, so uh, either they just don't know he's a Leo, or maybe he's not a Leo, I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to look that up because I I could be wrong and then I'll feel like an idiot. Um, <laughs> and any professional podcast would edit that out, but uh, we don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he no he definitely is. So he's born on August the fourth. So oh. he's 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 actually there's actually four Leos who have been president of the United so look, States. I who, can um, I can click here on Barack Obama. Now it's got his ratings here. Uh, well, okay, so you're you're right because okay, so he's he's rankings here. He's the 26th most popular celebrity on this entire website. I'm gonna click on this. Who's number one? I wonder. Uh, he's the most famous person on this website, born on August the fourth. The most famous U.S. president. The most famous U.S. 56 year old. The most famous person born in Hawaii. The most famous person born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and the third most famous Leo. But they don't rank him in the Leo politicians. <laughs> Yeah. This website it's a is bit fucked. Of an there. So, okay, yeah, the, the two more famous Leos in Barack Obama are Kylie Jenner and Sean Mendes. <laughs> who is he? What, in One Direction or something? Or um, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I've just, okay, and just quickly, I, need, I needed a look here. So on famousbirthdays.com, I'll give you the top 10 most famous celebrities according to famousbirthdays.com. From number 10 onwards, we've got number 10. You tell me if you've heard of these people. Maddie Zeigler, a 15-year-old dancer. Ooh. She is one spot ahead of Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah, I think think we're starting to get to the nub of the issue here is that all these people think... This has obviously been written by somebody who's about 14. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, seriously, I hate Taylor Swift, but she's got to be in the top 10 most famous people probably on the planet right now. Uh, Number nine, Ariana Grande. Fair enough. Number eight, Selena Gomez. Okay. Number seven... Baby Ariel, a 16-year-old musical.ly star, whatever that is. Uh, Number six, Logan Paul, a 22-year-old Facebook star. That's a thing now. Uh, Lorraine Gray, 15-year-old musical.ly star, number five. Number four, Annie LeBlanc, a 12-year-old YouTube star. Is that like Matt's daughter or something like that? (laughs) Like, really? Uh, Number three, Jake Paul, a 20-year-old YouTube star. Number two, Justin Bieber. Number one, the most famous person, according to FamousBirthdays.com. And you're going to tell me what this guy does. Jacob Sartorius. He's a 15-year-old. Well, he's obviously, yeah, he's obviously a singer or a dancer or something like that. He is a pop singer. 
Um, yeah. Apparently, a social media star who's earned over 8 million followers on Instagram and more than 18 million fans on musical.ly through lip sync videos. What? This guy doesn't even sing. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. We live in a world, Nick, where apparently the most famous person on the planet is a guy who lip syncs on Instagram. Uh, yeah, story checks out though, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. So just going, just going back to the list though. Um, not only is um, Obama a Leo, but um, Bill Clinton is also a Leo. Oh, of course, right? Yep. So, so yeah. So two of the of the past what five presidents, four or five presidents uh, are Leos, wow. but they're not on the list of most famous Leos. Ridiculous. And uh, just uh, just to quickly go over these people who you would have heard. So Taylor Swift is eleventh. Um, Beyonce is 16th. Um, yep, okay. Nicki Minaj, 22nd. Drake, 24th. Barack Obama, 26th. Uh, Michael Jackson is 29th. Um, Harry Styles, 30th. These are the people I just heard of, and I guess most people would have heard. Miley Cyrus, 35. Katy Perry, 38. Rihanna is only at 40. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, 44. Um, then, yeah, you, fuck, I don't even know who these half these people are. I mean, who's Tanner Fox? 17-year-old YouTube, good for him. Uh, anyway, uh, the one more thing that we want to talk about, YouTube star, get fucked. Um, yeah, the Wallabies, we beat New Zealand, Nick. Like, what happened? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, just connecting our previous story, apparently, according to the, to, um, the New Zealand Herald, it's Jacinda Ardern's fault because, um, you know, she's now the, she, you know, as soon as she became prime minister, it was that the All Blacks couldn't win rugby anymore. Um, so, you know, some, some top rating journalists, you know, have got onto that case and, and solved what actually happened. Um, no, I think probably the Aussies were just a little bit hungrier on that particular day. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good wake-up call. You know, it's always good. I like it when the, the All Blacks have the occasional loss because it just reminds them that, you know, they're not unbeatable. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably a good thing for the All Blacks. But, um, yeah, I mean, good on you, Aussies. It was it was a dead rubber, so it wasn't worth anything. But, you know, it's always nice to throw you a bone every now and then. Well, I mean, we nearly beat you in that other one where you got the try right at the end. So, I mean, it could have almost meant something, but would have, could have, should have. Um, yeah, first time apparently we've beaten you since August 2015. Um, so, yay. But, um, you know, I like the fact that they're blaming Jacinda Ardern for it. But, uh, you know, good on us for finally beating New Zealand. Um, have you won a, a test since she became, like, did you win your next one? Have you played another game since no, then? No, I don't think we've had another one. That's the problem is now we, I think it's the end of year tour kind of comes up now. So I don't think we've got any more games for a little while. I should actually know these things. Uh, you know, I think you get kicked out of the country if you don't know when the next All Blacks game is on. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I must say. Well, one thing actually I should mention, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, World Cup qualifiers we should quickly touch on really quickly because we'll probably talk a bit more next week when it's a little bit closer because it's still a week and a bit away. But uh, I, I read an article saying that I think that uh, the... So you're playing Peru in a two-leg playoff. And I, I read that it's the most... Um, like, it's sold out or something. Like, it's the highest-selling uh, game ever in New Zealand or something like that. Like, it's, they're playing it in Wellington. And the, I think, yeah, they sold out. I mean, do you know much about it? Or are you paying much attention to it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it all kind of happened while I was busy with other stuff, so I have to admit I haven't paid too much attention. But yeah, I heard it was um, it was you know a, a sellout pretty much straight away, which is awesome. I mean, that that's really cool. Um, I think if uh, you know, because for a while there it was looking like it was going to be Argentina. Yeah. I thought, well, if that's the case, that I would be really interested. Um, I couldn't name any players from Peru if I'm being totally honest, but it will definitely be um, it'll be great to be there. I mean, Wellington Stadium is an awesome place to be when it's full. Um, yeah, it's got a real good atmosphere. So and it's a it's a great place to watch football as well. So um, yeah, I think that will be that will be awesome. I think you know it'd be good to see a, a really good team playing here. I mean, last time it was Mexico, so we we have had a good team here. And um, yeah, I think Kiwis like their football more than you realise. Well, this is the, this is the random thing, Nick. Too, I'll say is this is one of these few moments where I actually do really brute for New Zealand. I, I like your soccer team and. Um, I I definitely think you guys have got a huge chance against Peru. I mean, it's a side I think they've only made one World Cup in the past. Um, but I mean, you know, teams like Chile haven't even made the World Cup. It's been a very interesting World Cup qualifying campaign. Again, I mean, next week, obviously, when we come to talk about this, it will obviously be a couple of days away because, I mean, as Australia, we're in a similar situation to you guys too because obviously we sort of choked in our Asian Cup. We had to go the playoff route, just snuck past Syria, and now we're kind of in the situation that we used to always find ourselves in and we wanted to avoid by qualifying through Asia. So we've got to play a two-leg playoff against Honduras, and it looked so much like we were going to be playing the U.S., uh, because, you know, initially we were like, yes, Panama, Panama, come on, let's get Panama. And then we had that weird, wacky, crazy qualification final day in, in the CONCACAF region where it almost looked like we we're going to play the US, but now they didn't even make it at all. Uh, so now we've got Honduras. So, um, and we play, our first leg is in Honduras the day before you play yours. So yours is like the opposite of us. You play New Zealand first and you go to Peru Ours is in Honduras first, and then we play it in Sydney. So, uh, and it's interesting to see that both our second legs will be on basically the same day. So, um, yeah, I'm fascinated by this. I, I really, obviously, hope we both make it. Um, but it, it's kind of going to be tricky games. I feel for both of us. Well, it'll be. It's going to be a weird World Cup. You know, no, no USA. Um, like the Netherlands haven't no, made it, which yeah, exactly. is pretty bizarre. Like, it's only like two World Cups ago they were in the final, and now they're not even making it. Um, it's being played in Russia. Like it's going to be the weirdest. Iceland are in it, which I'm so happy. I love Iceland, and that like made me so happy to see them make the World Cup. Can I just point that out? Well, it's always nice to see a new team make it. You know, that's always cool. So, um, yeah, no, that, it should be a really weird one, um, but it could be a really good one as well. It's one of those, and that's another John Oliver thing, is that you know all the all the corruption that goes with FIFA. But then when the World Cup rolls around, we just can't help ourselves. You know, yeah. like it's just, oh god, I love the World Cup. So do I. I mean, just like, even if like even if Peru knock out New Zealand, they haven't been in a long time. I mean, I'm with you. I like when you see like Panama is obviously new. We've got Egypt for the first time in like nearly 30 years of playing there. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Who were one of the ones that kind of knocked us out of direct qualification, but they haven't made it in, you know, 10 years. So, yeah, I, I kind of like it when you got these teams returning for the first time in a while or making their first appearance. So I think you and I are going to have some fun next year during the World Cup because I'm definitely with you there. I'm completely addicted to it. My, my guilty pleasure when it comes to soccer and football is more on the internationals and the club stuff. And, uh, you know, I was I was honoured to be able to go to a Socceroos qualifying match this year. It was a lot of fun. And I, if I had the chance and the money, I would for sure go to Sydney in a couple of weeks to go watch that second leg and hopefully be there when they qualify. But, yeah, I'm looking forward. We'll talk more about it next week, obviously, when it's a bit closer. But, Nick, it's fun. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, as always, Jacinda, congratulations. John Oliver, great. And, yay, go the Wallabies. Yeah, I'd uh, second all of those. <laughs> 
time of that part of the show. Time of that part of the show. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, where I get to press this button. This is like a flash, flash, flash. This is like a dream. Flashback for you. Uh, continuing our coverage of 2009. And uh, we're going to go all the way back to 2009. Funnily enough, that's why we're covering 2009. Uh, to hear a certain snippet of somebody who sadly passed away that year, but this was previously before he passed away, talk about Michael Jackson, one of our, I guess, special guests that we had on the show. Let's uh, hear how that went back from uh, 2009. We're, we're the first for celebrity uh, people here. As soon as a celebrity wants to announce something huge and big, they always come on here. Um, and this next person doesn't really get any bigger than this person. He's like the biggest celebrity in the world ever. And he's like... A king, for God's sakes. I mean, you can't get bigger than a king. Yeah, you can. Well, besides myself, but that's just not the point of it. We're going to play a bit of introduction music, and the audience should hopefully cheer. Trevor, if you don't mind queuing that up. That's right, ladies. Well, wrong ones I'm putting down. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so nervous, I'm screwing around with that. We have on the studio, in the studio right now, joining us, the king of pop. Michael Jackson. Michael, welcome to the brink. It's a huge pleasure to have you on board. It is, Michael. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Josh. I, I'm so happy to be here right now. I just, I'm just so thrilled. I, it's, it's fantastic, Josh. you got to watch those oohoos. I'm sorry. I just, I just love the look of you, Josh. You look nice and fine today. And happy birthday. That's not my birthday. Well, I don't care, because I'm just happy to be here on the brink. Why are you so happy? Well, look, Josh, it's a, it's a great honour for me to announce that I'm going to come back to popular music and sing some songs and uh, go on tour and release an album. And, you know, <laughs> it's going to be great. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It is, Michael. I'm thrilled. Thrilled. <laughs> thrilled. I get it. I, uh, it's good to know that. Do you know what we should be doing, Ben? What we should, should be we? asking Ben... I'm, asking I'm, me. I'm sorry, asking Michael the five questions. Fantastic idea, Josh. I'm sure we'll get to that very soon. Would you like that, Michael? I'd love that, Ben. I'd love that, Josh. <laughs> I'd you, love you Do you want to sing us a song on radio? Well, look, I'm going to sing such of my favourite tunes, such as Billie Jean in the Mount Jamona. <laughs> and uh, there's that other one, you know. And there's that other one, you know, that, um, oh, I don't even know it. You played it before. A bad version. A bad, bad, I'm bad. <laughs> you know? Um, Smooth criminal. <laughs> I, I just, uh, my voice isn't very good at the moment. And you're thinking of making a comeback. Yeah, no, look, I'm a bit poor at the moment. And uh, speaking of which, Josh, can I borrow $5? I've got to catch a bus home. It only costs $2. <laughs> well, I need $5. I want to get a drink. You didn't Michael, say anything about a drink before. you can borrow some money off me, possibly. What has brought this um, thing to come back, Michael, to do these tour concerts in London that you're announcing you're going to do? Well, Ben, I, I spent a bit of too much money at the shop the other week, and uh, I kind of got no money left, so I got to get some more money. And the nice people in London said that they would give me some money to sing a few songs, and, and that just makes me want to sing and dance. <laughs> Okay. Michael. Well, oh, sorry, Josh. You wanted no, I was, to say? I was just saying, well. Before we ask the five questions, Michael, you are 50 years old now. I mean, you're getting on a bit. How's this going to affect you? Well, Ben, you just got to look at Madonna. She's 50, and, uh, you know, she's mighty fine looking. She's a bit younger. I'd probably have a girl. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm Michael Jackson. I can just do whatever I want. And, well, you know, I'm 50. Who cares? I'll be dancing when I'm 100. Yeah, but... 
Michael, you're frail, you're sick. Well, so are you, Josh, but I don't say anything. <laughs> I'm not frail or sick. All right. I two. play football. I'm going to kick your butt. I'd like to see you try. Oh, come here. I'm gonna I'll hit you in that Grammy. Uh, your Grammy? Wow. Can you lift your Grammy? Okay, children. We're going to ask the five questions. I want to kill him. We're going to ask the five I want to beat the living daylights out of him. Michael, first question for you here on the brink is, uh, what's your favourite type of cheese? Um... I don't know. I don't eat cheese. I believe it's not very nice, but I have to say cheddar. All right. Uh, number two, are you a folder or a scruncher? Uh, I don't do poos. I'm uh, Michael Jackson. All right, then. Uh, number three, <laughs> Josh, are you all right? Why are you laughing at me, Josh? That wasn't funny. Because I'm going to kick the living daylights out of you. Who's better looking, me or Josh? You, Ben. Okay, number four, are we alone in the universe? No, because I'm alive, so that means we're not. All right, and number five, what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Um, <laughs> contest. People... <laughs> <laughs> Michael, are you alright? Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Um, people who can go <laughs> the most without, you know, doing stuff. Can I go home now? Josh, can I have five dollars now? No, I'm not lending you money. <laughs> alright, thank you very much, Michael Jackson, being on a <laughs> to you and a hobart. Now, uh, yeah, very interesting there. And uh, we actually, of course, uh, famously were on air uh, when Michael Jackson passed away. So we announced his death, basically, to a lot of people listening. I had people come up to me saying, you're always the person who told me that Michael Jackson died. So um, there's a random thing that I can uh, sadly say uh, as a Michael Jackson fan myself, not something that I'm exactly proud of. But uh, there you go, Michael Jackson's sort of appearance on our show back in 2009. We, of course, last week on the brink, well, technically two weeks ago, if you want to be precise, uh, had a lovely little road trip around the state, and you heard this man's voice a lot, and he's coming back on because we want to recap the trip, I guess, the movie that's coming out, and also bring in this segment that we sort of started when we're on the road. It's Noel Gross. Noel, welcome back. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, <laughs> uh, one star. One star. <laughs> Was asked to come on the brink. Wish I hadn't. Um, <laughs> we, we'll talk about our friend Mary in a sec, because I think we'll have an introduction for her, but... Uh, I mean, you recovered from the trip, Noah? <laughs> I'm ready to go again. Going, Let's go. Um, going down to Whalers yeah. Lookout? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was lots of fun, though. Um, um, I've watched parts of your movie that you've edited, unreleased yet at this point. Um, I don't know if it gives an accurate representation. Um, <laughs> you think you, were, you, think you you had a poor edit? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I was robbed a bit. No, I feel like you edited out. Uh, you made it much more cheery than it was. Um, <laughs> it was really terrible. We were so depressed. <laughs> yeah, so it's very happy. Um, I'm the Channel yeah, 7 of documentary makers. It was lots of fun. I had a lot of fun. It was fun to kind of look back on some of the moments from like a week ago. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was good. It was a good trip. Four, four days, five days of fun, funness, wine glass bay. Uh, Kate Portland, Eddie the Echidna, the goat. The goat. Getting drunk in Launceston. John Carroll approved goat, can I just say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him the goat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, I think you have the reaction to most people in my films. Yeah, I flicked through bits of it. Um, but wait, up, wait for the deleted scenes, Noah. Um, take One it. star. Wish I wasn't in it. Did you like the trailers better or the movie? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Doesn't want to comment. I need to see the whole movie first. I, I will say uh, an exact quote from uh, our dear friend Colin Hilding. 
I watched the trailer twice, not going to lie, uh, in terms of the Star Wars one. He liked it. So... Who, who knows what that means? Gets... I watched it twice, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to see how bad it was. Jamie wouldn't sleep with me unless I did. Um... <laughs> Sorry, well, Colin. He's probably Colin approved. Um, yeah, Colin would give it five stars. But uh, speaking of stars, uh, I think we need to move into this semi-regular segment. I want to make it a regular one, but we'll see how we go. And I'm going to play this as an introduction. It is a bitch. Um, it's oh, not her. Mary B's back. Uh, our dear old favourite uh, TripAdvisor reviewer. <laughs> Mark wanted to be on the show, but couldn't make it. He had the lamb. <laughs> he would have liked more bread. Um, yeah, Mary, she sucks. She's horrible. I hate her. <laughs> Give us um, some reviews, Noah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull some up too. I feel, but uh, yeah, I've just picked some random ones out this time. Um, Sultan Saffron, Raymond Street, Victoria. She's moving into Melbourne territory now. Old chicken, <laughs> one star. Not very good at all. Chicken must be cooked fresh. Always so butter. Chicken was awful. No excuse. None. Very thin. <laughs> Marlboro, Marlboro wine. Really ordinary and not crisp and mulberry. She's just making up words now. <laughs> Wish I had gone somewhere else. <laughs> I always love Mary regrets. Like was, Mary wish regrets. I hadn't gone there, or, or wish I'd gone somewhere else. Um, <coughs> so the wine wasn't mulberry enough. Oh no. Um, Seahorse Inn Restaurant, New South Wales. Waitress too busy talking. No service. One star. <laughs> The restaurant is situated in heavenly surroundings. I made the required reservation, but was the only person in the restaurant. Oh, I'm sorry, Seahorse Inn. That sounds like a nightmare. I waited and waited after deciding what to order, but the waitress, although facing in my direction, was involved in a lengthy conversation with the chef. Well, he was probably telling her, like, all right, Cheryl, uh, this is the deal. We're doing this tonight. We've got the specials. All right, I get it. She was talking with, like, her friend, but she's talking to the freaking chef. I finally left, thinking that this was a sign of worse to come. <laughs> oh, Mary, getting in before getting out before before it all goes down. Um, Big Daddy's Burgers in New South Wales. Ineffable. Is that a word? Or yeah, she, she can't made fuck it. <laughs> One star. <laughs> this was the worst hamburger I've ever tasted. You Basically, said that about was... burger got sold, you hypocrite. Yeah. Hypocrite Mary. Basically, it was the strange meat. The bum was also awful. Hard outer surface. The secret sauce, air quotes, unfortunately could not save it. I actually swallowed the first bite, but wish I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's our Mary. I left. No one was at the counter. (laughs) Oh, Mary. I've got... Uh, Are you still going? I've got one here if you... uh, Oh, sorry. uh, Royal Hotel in New South Wales. No food. One star. <laughs> I, was, I was so hungry at 4.45pm. Very specific. Uh, <laughs> I was hungry at 5pm. Uh, arriving in Bowral and step, stopped at the Royal Hotel. I asked if the bar served any food. Right in front of me was a bowl of uneaten French fries. So I assumed 
<laughs> well, this is a dramatic story. <laughs> so I assumed maybe I could at least order that. I was told only packet chips were available, but in three flavors. Oh, positive. How could... How come the bowl of french fries was still at the bar counter at a quarter to five? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Surely some food should be provided with alcohol. I won't go back there again or recommend the Royal Hotel to anyone. They don't serve food there, Mary. Don't give it one star because someone working there was eating french fries. They probably bought it from somewhere else. Somebody brought their chips in from Macca's, you ungrateful hoe. Uh- <laughs> They don't even serve food. Don't give it a one star because it's a pub that doesn't serve food. I love how, like, underneath it, it says, Ask Mary B about Royal Hotel. I've discovered that since <laughs> I can actually, like, I'm logged in as me, you can actually say, we're gonna, I think we need to start trolling her or sending her some pictures or something. Like, I don't know. Um, what's a few here that I've found? Um, the This is a review of Caff's Restaurant and Cafe Bar in Canberra. Uh, it reads, Last Visit. I just had the worst dinner ever at a restaurant I've been going to for over 30 years. She must have been, she must live in Australia because she, she must have been Canberra. She said she's been going to this restaurant for over 30 years. Um, Sorry, Canberra. I think the parents of this family iconic restaurant have retired and the menu has changed considerably. I ordered the special because my pepper fillet steak is no longer on the menu. Oh, poor Mary. Atlantic salmon, asparagus and hollandaise and mashed potatoes. That is pretty basic, is it? <laughs> but Caff's chef gave it a new twist that failed miserably. See pictures. Oh. It was stacked <laughs> and topped with packet hollandaise. Gross. <laughs> Mashed potato on the bottom, then barely blanched, uncooked asparagus pieces, then salmon covered with thick packet hollandaise. Get over the hollandaise, Mary. <laughs> when, when paying the bill, I was asked, how was it? I replied, Disgusting. I don't do. I don't eat packet hollandaise. Oh. <laughs> Bar attendant replied. <laughs> You're kidding. I said, no. He said, have a good night. <laughs> Amazingly bad customer service. He just said, have a good night. That is not bad customer service. You're a bad customer. <laughs> she replies, Timmy's kitchen around the corner, thank goodness, hasn't changed. Oh, good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At least Timmy's kitchen stayed the same. Oh, my God. Oh, oh hang on. Remember rest- oh, have you got one more? Or- oh, I'm out. Oh, hang on. I've got one here with a reply from the restaurant. Oh. All right. Quarter deck in Naruma. Uh, no, Riverside Drive, Naruma in New South Wales. All right. One star. I won't be back. My feelings were hurt when I heard... (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) I can't read this. When at quite a distance, the waitress at the coffee machine mimicking my order before I was even asked by a second waitress. I was... (laughs) Oh, God, she doesn't like this. I don't think she'll come on the show. I was made a subject of fun because I always order the same breakfast. That was so mean. Too touchy? I am today. (laughs) And then there's a response. Uh, (laughs) So this is the owner of the quarter deck in the rumour. Yes, Mary, where to start? (laughs) Oh, I love it already. Oh, my God. Mary, I don't normally respond to reviews. But this time, I must, as to leap to the defence of my wonderful staff. 
Firstly, Mary, I love when he keeps using the name. You know, shit's real when you keep using a person's name in a sentence. The waitress in the distance was the other owner, my wife, Robin. Oh, there's Robin. Robin had the mimic. Explaining to a younger waitstaff your particular order. That's all. As you never order off the menu and have very exact requirements. Oh, of course she does. Oh, oh I love it. Is that hollandaise in a packet? I won't eat it. Uh, every, I love it when they fight back against Mary. For every item on the dish and in the past, we have failed with the wrong toast or not toasted enough. Oh, dick owner. I love this guy or girl. I love this person. I'm just going to read that again. This is literally what it says. As you never order off the menu and have very exact requirements for every time, a very item on the dish... What? Every item on the dish and in the past we have failed with the wrong toast or not toasted enough or egg too runny or something with the bacon or three-quarter coffee too high or too low and on and on it goes. (laughs) Brilliant. This is great. We have many people that eat here and do not order off the menu like you, but the difference is they are all grateful and a pleasure to look after. (laughs) You... (laughs) Hang on. It gets better. It gets better. You not so much as the young ones find you rude. Thank you for your review. Thank you for not coming back. Drop mic. <laughs> wow. When they fight back uh, against Mary. I love the That's owner funny. of the... We need to, like, ring up the quarter deck in the rumor and just be like, do you remember Mary? Oh, Mary. Uh, <laughs> She's got a reputation. Oh, she does. Uh, this is a really oh. short one here. This is at the... Um, the twenty nine nine ninety nine. That's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, at in Rystone, Rylestone in New South Wales. Um, headline: Second visit, very disappointing. One star. Owner: Very disinterested. Disinterested. Excuse me. Dumplings: Very rubbery. Simple questions about the owner's artwork not replied to. Very unfriendly atmosphere. <laughs> oh. oh God! She is literally the only She's person. Cool. This restaurant has one hundred and fifty reviews. She's the only one to give it one star. She's horrible. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) We need to research it to see how many other people have fought back um, and, like, replied to her. I love that guy or girl. I love that person. Um, Wow. We're getting her on the show. Should we just, like, I just want to send her her a message on there just quickly before we let you go. All right. Uh, Send message. What do we say to Mary? Subject. You suck. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm scared for you to message Mary. What can, what can I say? What will the subject be? Hello, Mary. Um, dear Mary, I am extremely interested in your very specific reviews. You seem to speak out more than most on this site, <laughs> which I respect... Because you aren't afraid to say it how it is. Um, Would you be interested in coming on a podcast to talk about your unique (laughs) viewing style? Sincerely, Willie LaShawn. Oh, she's probably going to reply. Worst message ever. One star. Um, yeah, done. Wish I never read it. Sent. All right. This is the cliffhanger of the brink. Will Mary reply? Will Mary reply? Find out next week. Uh, anything else to add uh, before we let you go? 
No, Mary sucks. She really does. Oh, my God. If, we, if she says yes, <laughs> we, we just cannot hold back oh. on her. We just have to be like, Mary, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Worst podcast guest ever. We'll be all nice as pie. Get her on the show. Like, oh, Mary, okay, okay, you know. Ah, uh, we're on air now. Yep, okay, cool. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, let's oh. hope she replies. She's pretty active. So. She is. I'm looking at all the photos here that she takes. She's taking a picture Bateman's of Bateman's Bay Starfish Deli. A bit fishy. Yeah. You went to a fish restaurant. Um, she's taking a photo of like a couch with like a white stain on it. Um, oh my god! Too much vinegar in the Hollandaise, and this is a different one to the one. What you is it with her and gonna... the Hollandaise? <laughs> I'm not going to read it out, but she's obsessed with the Hollandaise. Should have written to a highway from the Hollandaise Council of Australia. Um, stop talking about the Hollandaise. Just stop making Hollandaise a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mary, she sucks. All right. Thank you, Noah. It's a pleasure as always, and we'll speak to you, you. soon. One stop. Been bringing you some moments recently from the Oz Network, uh, trying to tease up our other show, but uh, we're allowed to because they're all connected, I guess. Uh, we recorded a Wonder Woman episode, uh, which went to air last week in a part of our DC month that we had in the lead up to Justice League. Three moments here you're going to hear from, uh, all quite funny moments all revolving around our minds in weird sort of ways. You're going to hear a snippet here from uh, Colin talking about his sex life, sort of. Colin talking about penises, sort of. And myself talking about Wonder Whoopi, which you can make your own mind up when this comes on. Everybody loves out of candy, right? (laughs) But um... (laughs) Candy, candy, the name candy, all right? (laughs) Clarify that. Ben objectifies women, and it is not Gal Gadot, it's not Robin Wright, it's Anna Candy. <laughs> oh, I'd objectify all of the above, but like, Anna Candy. <laughs> Hang on, and to be fair, I would objectify Chris Pine as well, all right? Yeah, exactly. Come on. Yeah, ben objectifies anybody with a pulse. Um, I'm not joking. Over the age of 18. <laughs> <laughs> you just said that much, <laughs> true. I mean, come on. Like, I've listened to, like, a few of the ones with you. Like, I think I'm bad. Every single time you do a recap, it's like, oh, Patrick Stewart's hot. I'd love to run my hand through his chest hair. Like, like you are not you having know, sex with your wife enough if she's that horny. Like, come on. <laughs> Stop recording podcasts and have sex with you, your wife, Colin. You just don't know Jamie. <laughs> she can be like that 24-7. But, uh, okay, that right. makes sense. Hang on a minute. This is where Colin's scheduling. I've got to work. No, you don't. Jamie's got the day off. <laughs> Come on, honey. I bought a box of condoms. Let's put on some Barry White, some candles. Let's do this. I popped on a Keanu Reeves move. You want to go? <laughs> I'm already naked. What are you Which, talking about? <laughs> uh, if if I, I can't even count how many times we've recorded an episode, and I'm like, all right, Ben, this is the timestamp. We're gonna put together a montage at the end of the year of every time Jimmy mentions somebody shirtless. Do it, do it. That is that. If we do a best on, we haven't even worked out if we're doing one or not yet. But if we do, I want the the segment, the section there of just Jamie. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, and then randomly in the background of episodes, we're like, and Chris Pine when he's in the bath, and she's like, Woo! all muffled. <laughs> Random sneeze. That's not really her sneezing. That's her something else. Uh- <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe if it's not Joss Whedon's script, we need a man to come down and give us some penis. <laughs> they found better ways because they have all twelve volumes. Give us some penis. Um- <laughs> 
the, the upcoming title of Jamie Hilding's biography. <laughs> Give me some penis, a Jamie Hilding story. <laughs> but my point being, it actually makes sense in the movie because they don't. Why else would they not need men? Why does it not bother them? You know. Why does Diana not take it in? She's like, well, I don't actually need you. If I'm going to keep you around, it's going to be because I think you look pretty, not because I need you. I think one of my gay friends took me to a bar called that once. Give me some penis. (laughs) Come down and give me some penis. Literally. uh... (laughs) Let's be honest. It's the only famous etta. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not like you say, like, Chris, oh, Hemsworth, Pratt, you know, O'Donnell, like, it's Etta, Etta James. Like, it's, and, but you know, now it's Etta James or Etta Candy. True. I mean, it's like, name another famous Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi James. <laughs> Whoopi Saeed. <laughs> Whoopi Hemsworth. <laughs> Sir Patrick Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi Underwood, 2020. Uh, Anti Whoopi. Anti Whoopi <laughs> June Moon Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi Hamburger. <laughs> Super Whoopi, Whoopi Woman, Whoopi Woman. Do <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Whoopi Goldberg playing Wonder Woman? I want to see that movie. <laughs> I, I, right now, I'm thinking of how to do a Whoopi Goldberg impersonation. I can't think of how to do a Whoopi Goldberg impersonation. I'm Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm Whoopi Goldberg. I'm Wonder Woman. Wonder Whoopi! <laughs> and then even still, the little girl could have nailed that accent. <laughs> oh, my God. The only the only one I can think of is, like, her as a hyena in The Lion King, but it would probably be slightly racist if I tried to do it, so I'm not going to do that accent. Yeah, let's not even take the risk of being racist on this episode. <laughs> As always, uh, with fun like that, you want to hear the whole episode, no doubt. The Oz Network, search for us on uh, iTunes or other variety of platforms and uh, you too can join in the fun. We every so often get this person on the show. I want to say every week, but it really isn't every week. It's kind of every now and then. And every now and then we also apparently sit next to him in person because we want to this week. It's Dakota. Sup? How you doing? Good. You're not actually yeah. in my house. You're actually I'm in my car. In house, yeah. Which could be my house. I, mean, I might actually undo my seat, but... Uh, yeah. It might be dangerous yeah. sitting here parked outside the yeah. Glenorchy Police it, Station. Yeah, I was just thinking that. You know, yeah. shit might go down. Yeah. Um, we are currently about to enter the Glenorchy Seum. Uh, we're about to... the recording. We, well, you know, if they didn't know that, then, you know, whatever. It's yeah. a Saturday. We're recording this on a Saturday. It is, Saturday. It is November the 4th, 2017, at approximately 3.15pm. Uh, we are yeah. currently located in the suburb of Glenorchy in Tasmania. Yeah, we are. You are wearing pants um, and a jump jacket. Was that a jacket? I think it's like a... Coat. Yeah, it's a yeah, coat. With say. sunglasses? Yeah, I've, I've got sunglasses on. You've got an Apple Watch that's beeping every now and Apple Watch, yeah. yeah. Now, um, how are you feeling just before we commentate this game? Oh, it should be good. I haven't yeah. commentated a game of ice hockey in... Well, since a the grand year. final last year. In a year. So, 
Yeah, should be. How good. many have you done now of grand final? Um, this will be at least your third or this fourth. This is my fourth, I think. It'd have to be your fourth, yeah. wouldn't it? This year, last year, definitely the year before, yeah. year before. Yeah, twenty fourteen was the year we did the full year. So you yeah. would have you were involved in that year. I've done Falcons, Falcons, Falcons. Well, Cougars. And now this one. You only did two of the Falcons. Oh. You went Falcons, Falcons, Cougars, and then mm. this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cougars beat I Falcons last Cougars year. I thought Cougars beat Falcons. Yeah, boy. Um, Fuck. But, uh, are you, so you excited? Yeah, it should be you, good. You missed doing the last game. Two teams that haven't got a, got a grand final in This is my last game, one, though. This is going to be my last ever game. Forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not forever. Hopefully, I'll be calling the NHL or something one day. But uh, <laughs> for the time being, I... Uh, yeah. You know, I think I said it last year, I have no plans of being here this time next year, and here I am calling the bloody thing again. But, uh, you know, I actually am moving in February, so... Yeah, that's what um, you said last time. Well, I actually now no, have a job said, to it. move to. No, that's what you said last time. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, just besides ice hockey, what else has been going on in the last... Um, you can have a drink if you want, Dakota. No, it's just... Um, you, like, went to drink and you kind of, like, it, yeah. you know, thought thought about it twice. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on in the last uh, no, week or so since... Not, not too much at all. How's the no, uni holidays? Oh, dear, they were right. Yeah? Bit boring. Didn't been doing Nothing anything do. or... Not particularly. No? No, yeah. Nothing at all? Hardly. Been anything. playing any exciting video games? Um... Oh, I've been playing a bit of F1 yeah. 2017. Have you won a championship yet? I haven't, no. no but, but I've recently just uh, moved to Mercedes. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel all right. Who's I'm your teammate? Lewis Hamilton. Oh, poor yeah. Nico. Yeah. Have you won any races yet? Not poor Nico, poor, poor Valtteri. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Duh, Nico's gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you're right. I then. have won a race. I've won the Australian Grand Prix oh, nice. this year and um, the Russian Grand Prix. Are you no, not the Russian Grand Prix. The... One before the Russian Grand Prix. The uh, that's a Bahrain Grand Prix. Mm, the Bahrain Prix. Grand Prix. So you, um, oh, it's starting to rain here. Wet it conditions is. for the uh, Van Diemen's League Grand Final. Yeah. Uh, are you still doing your hundred percent races? I am still doing. 100% nice, good races, job. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? You doing well? Uh, yeah, I'm doing. Right. I believe it's your birthday this weekend. It is my birthday. You're turning fifteen not, again. not this weekend. Well, as in, by the time people hear this on the Monday, it will be yeah, this will. coming weekend. Mm, so November the twelfth. Fifteenth yeah. again. Um, yeah, 15 yeah, again. 15 again yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, how old are you this year? Um, are you 19 or 20? 19, I think Jeez, you yeah. think yeah. What year were you born? Um, 88, 98 98, yeah 98, so you're 19 I think wow. so, yeah Little shit uh, do we, now apparently having a birthday uh, party, oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I was loosely invited to because I forced myself to only to decline your invitation because I won't be <laughs> in the state. Uh, so I mean, is this what at your grandma's house? Is it? Or? No, I'm going to Waterman's. What's um, Waterman's? It's a so pub what, uh, in okay. Salamanca. So that's where like people go when there's water and I there's men. Out, no. I booked out the um, the pool table area. Oh, you booked out the yeah. pool table area. Yeah, the pool table area. Wow, you've gone all out. I have, haven't I? So, how many yeah. people come to Dakota? There is nineteen. Um, there are about twenty people coming. Oh, wow! Yeah. Look at me, Mister Popular. Yeah. Right? How many of them are girls? Um, about ten. Oh, wow! Well, fifty percent spread. Mm. You might get lucky. Yeah. yeah. You um, know. No, or are these all just like family members and yeah, I don't need to get lucky, so Oh, you're already a lucky person, eh? Yeah. yeah, or do you have a girlfriend? I have a girlfriend. Oh wow, breaking news. Dakota Leary's got a girlfriend. Where is she? Oh, um where is she where? Why isn't she at the She's game? At home. Well why isn't she coming to the game? It's a good date. Take her to the ice hockey. It's romantic. There's pucks and violence. That's alright. Yeah. How long have you been going out with her for? Uh four months. Four four months Jesus, you keep this <laughs> secret. Look at you, Mr Commitment. When's the wedding? It's, I don't know. What's her name? Give her a shout out. Uh, Ruby. Ruby. That's Ruby. a nice name. Yeah, My dog's is. called Ruby. 
<laughs> people have said that a lot. Well, well, like, well, my dog's that well known, is it? Oh, Ben's <laughs> dog's called Ruby. <laughs> they were like, oh, what's her name? Like, Ruby. And like, oh, my dog's called Ruby. That's okay, a cute name. Interesting. How'd you guys meet? Um, at the Tasmanian Youth Conference, actually. Oh, yeah. this year? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. No, the year I don't go, I don't get meet someone. <laughs> it'd be inappropriate if I do, probably. Yeah. You guys are like I'd half my so, age. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Going well? Yeah. It's gone on many dates? A couple. Yeah? Yeah, it's cool. Does she like Formula One? She's going to. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to. Oh, congratulations. That's the record for you, isn't it? What? Four months? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just don't want to talk about it. Hey, there's a glass outside the... um, Oh, is there? Oh, yeah, there yeah. is too. Like, is that a bong or? I, uh, no, I don't know. No, no. We are literally sitting outside the Tasmania Police yeah. Headquarters. The only time I think I've ever England done an episode, England Hawkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to get like arrested here for I don't know public indecency of podcasting. Yeah. Um. I, so you brought one what? of your girlfriends to a game once, didn't you? Did I? You brought a girl no, who was I a didn't. friend. You were going to. No, I swear you did one oh, time. Oh, Molly. Molly. Yeah. It's my cat's name. <laughs> Why do you go out Jesus. with girls named after my animals? Hey, look, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I don't Actually, know. it's not my cat anymore. Louise took him, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Do you, do you have a mittens in there somewhere? Or a pipper? A symbol? Um, <laughs> Ellie? <laughs> can't say. Can't say. I have no. Oh Lord. Um, Cool. Well, you know, do you do you hang out with them much? Yeah. See you like fair how bit. often do you see them tomorrow? Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what's the plan? What are you doing tomorrow? I don't know yet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just yeah. I'm just I I, I just I, have to live through my non-single friends because yeah. I'm just lonely. So oh. yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh Ben, you loser. Um. Cool. What else is on the agenda? I mean, there's nothing to get angry about. Really, you got a girlfriend, so you yeah. don't need to get angry. <laughs> get, you could get angry about it. Yeah, I could. Yeah. You know, it makes me angry. Dakota has a girlfriend yeah. because. That's not being angry. That's just being a dick. Does it make you angry that you don't have a girlfriend, Ben? No, really. I don't really want one at the moment. I'm sure you don't. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean... You said that. Well, I'm lonely. It doesn't mean I want a girlfriend. Mm. You know? I mean, I could just get my cat back from my auntie, and that would be nice. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want to do all the drama. They're all the same. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> I could turn gay. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Why did you get really close to me when I turned my head no, there when I said you? I know that person. <laughs> it's Lenorky. Oh, do you? Yeah. Should we yell out to them? Hey, person no. that Dakota knows. No, it's not. Um, no, let's not do that. I don't know what else to really talk about. Neither do I, really. We should really go in and get ready. And um, I suppose so. I need to urinate. You want to get something to eat? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, of course, people listening to this would already know the result. We've already put the game up uh, online, and we will talk about this, of course, in our pre-coverage. But right now, before we start our pre-coverage, I'm going to say this to you straight out. It's word association. You've got less than 0.1 of a second to think about who's going to win. Who's going to win Red Barons or Icebreakers? Red Barons. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Dakota. We'll speak to you soon, and cool. uh, say hi to Ruby for me. I shall. Time to press this button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, forgetting the lyrics. And sadly, again, as I always say, no new ones for you this week. Although we're hoping to have some new ones in the coming weeks with Dakota. Stay tuned for that. You obviously just heard from Dakota, but uh, we'll see how we go with this. I'm going to play three for you today. Let's go back to 2009 first. One of the, the very first sort of years we kind of did this. It's actually 2008, to be precise there, Ben. Uh, this was the very first year that we did forget the lyrics. Here's Josh getting a little bit excited and singing to the uh, iconic song, Born to be Wild. <laughs> Sorry. 
Being a child in Australia is getting worse by day. Looking for Maccas and maybe KFC. We're never gonna have it again. Never gonna see it during the Power Rangers. That's right, they've banned the ads at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm a child of Australia wanting fast food and eating all the time. Never gonna get fat at all because I'm a sporty kid. I just want a couple of burgers for my 10 quid. Like a true Australian child. I want it, want it deep fried. I want deep fried chicken and maybe a burger too. Born to eat fast food. Never gonna be rude. Now, on top of that, you want to hear from two songs from the year of 2014, uh, because that was such a great year, our last full year on air, of course. Uh, Let's hear, first of all, from our esteemed former Prime Minister of Australia, John Howard, singing to the song Born in the USA. I didn't know that Marcus could play the, the drums, listen to him go in the background. Rocking it up. Ah, Dewey on the guitar. Here we go, alright. Wake up in my track suit. I was quite hungry for some cereal. Got out the box of old wheat fix. Put some milk on it and some sugar. Wheat fix on Instagram. I. Eat wheat mix on Instagram Wheat mix on Instagram Check out the one I did in Namibia, it was great Jeanette woke up and kissed me on the head She said, Johnny, I'm back in bed I said, Jeanette, you little muffin Get stuffed and get me some wheat mix Wait bits on Instagram I put my wheat mix on Instagram Yeah Tony Abbott eats cocoa pops on YouTube Cause he's a idiot So eat wheat mix on Instagram The reason why Kevin Rudd didn't last Is cause he likes Fruit Loops on Twitter And Julia Gillard She likes those Vita Weeks and they are stupid. They're not even a breakfast cereal. Oh, wait, think, oh, that's not even singing. What's going on? Oh, yeah, we mix. Woo. Yeah. How you doing? Rock out. Rock out with your sock out. Some Johnny Howard. Yeah. I had a prime ministerial job. I thought to myself, hey, let's go and... Run for another election, stuff you, Peter Costello. So then I went and got some wheat mix. He didn't get my job anymore. I lost the election. And you know, I'll tell you a secret. I did it. No, hang on. Bruce is getting a little bit of a break. Yep. 
The reason I didn't win the election is because the morning of the vote I didn't eat wheat bix I decided to have something different that morning. I had a packet of English muffins. English muffins lost Johnny the election. English muffins just lost Johnny the election. I can't talk about it. It's emotional. <laughs> nah, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. Nah. <laughs> We're here for you, man. We're, we're here for you, John. Is that, that now stuck in your head? All. Let's hear from another person who's going to get stuck in your head, Dakota again, as he does the Nickelback classic. <laughs> That's a word that don't really rhyme and reason in the sentence. Uh, burn it to the ground. I'm going to burn this one. Commonwealth Games. Oh no, it doesn't say it, is it? Ah, oh, no, no. The Commonwealth Games. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> the Commonwealth Game shirts have got got Tasmania on them. I can't sing in the style of Nickelback. It hurts my voice. Oh no. Oh, you're doing so well. I know. It's so good. Okay. Why leave Tasmania off? Don't leave Tasmania off! I'm from Melbourne, but I so I don't really care. Don't leave Tasmania off! It's uh, it doesn't work. Stop! No, stop! 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 stop. Wow! Zero! I just give myself a zero. Wow! Zero! No! Zero! It- Wow. I, I'm so kind sorry. about uh, Nickelback's entire career there. So there you go. Forget the lyrics, highlights. Always fun to bring you, and uh, obviously we'll always have more of those coming your way. <laughs> you have seen, of course, if you subscribed to our podcast that we did put up the full commentary coverage of our seventh consecutive Van Diemen's League Grand Final, the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Championship match. This year, contested between the Red Barons and the Icebreakers. And if you don't want to listen to the full commentary, then we're going to play a little bit for you here right now. This is the final 10 or so minutes of the game, which saw the Red Barons, as I said, up against the Icebreakers in a very closely fought match. And this is how close it came towards the end. His former teammate, Brendan Rose, is watching him. He loves those long shots as Rose. Surely! Surely! Well, Davis had an open net... And he had to find it. Stringer was spun around and he quickly got onto it. It's 7 5. Davis with his second. Two more goals and it's even again. Well, that will end one of the power plays for him, so they at least take a bit of time off that clock. It will cancel out the remaining 13 seconds, so they still have a minute 25 to go of a power play, Dakota. If they can get one here, it will be back within one goal. They've still got the one player advantage. Davis on a hat-trick currently at the moment. Polari. Cockrell also on a hat-trick. And the Icebreakers fans here sensing something. Still got 5.40 to play. Plenty of time for both teams. Cockrell, Cockrell, winds it up. Lovely shot there to Davis. A great work there by Whitaker to put his body on the line to shove him out of play. Davis just hacking away with Whitaker in that spades corner. Great work by Davis. Gets it back to Cockrell. Cockrell winds it up. Oh, Polari wasn't ready for it. He went to the unselfish route. Meanwhile, we've got two players off behind the play just getting a bit shovey. 
It's allowed the puck to go backwards. Oh, Polari just saved that from being offside. So close. 45 seconds remaining on this power play. Whoa! And bang into the boards. Whitaker. Oh, Whitaker and Polari getting a bit of a shove there. Now, Polari's lost his glove. I think Whitaker's got to get a penalty here. Because I think that Polari lost his glove, and I think that Whitaker got a bit elbowy there, but Polari's going to get the penalty. Oh, now that's tough. That is a bad call. By all letters of the law, that definitely, to me, seemed that was Whitaker's fault, and somehow Polari's ended up with a penalty. Yeah. He's taken it on the and chin. And who gave that? Kevin Facer. Kevin Facer. Yeah. That's going to be very... Wow. We have two on two then for 36 seconds, and it's kind of the worst outcome here for the icebreakers. That will mean that there'll be a minute and 24 of a power play. Polari on the sideline just giving a bit of a shoulder shrug there. And wow. Got to say there, that is a very harsh call. And uh, Cockrell just bowing that on long. Still two on two here, so there's still even Stevens at the moment in terms of players. The icebreakers, well, down goes Skills. Cockrell, now Reed. he can take this one over the centre line, he has a shot, just goes wide. Now, Christine Cockrell, what can she do with this play? She's got 14 seconds of this two-on-two left, gets it back to her brother, we've got the brother-sister line, the sibling line up here for the Icebreakers. The two Cockrells are out, five seconds to play on this two-on-two, one second to go, and Briggs is going to be on the ice right now, he's not on yet. Are they not giving him the nod? The icebreakers are getting lucky here. They're, they're, this is this is interesting. The Red Barons are not. Yeah. They haven't communicated very well. Yeah. No one's no one's referencing him. This is interesting. There's a minute two to play, but for some reason, no one is telling him to go on the ice. Well, this is a this is interesting. The players are kind of stalemate out there. They're just passing it back and forth. I'm not sure what they're happening out there for the Red Barons. Now he's out. Now he's realised. That's 30 seconds of extra player time. time. He's been watching it the whole time. He was watching it the whole time. That's 30 seconds wasted there by the Red Barons. Meanwhile, the Icebreakers have an opportunity here in the Undermand. But now the Red Barons are three on two. They've wasted that opportunity as as well. Whitaker just comes straight on the ice. Says, thank you very much. I'm going to take this one. 25 seconds remaining on the power play. Oh, that's nearly deflected back in. I tell you what. McDiamond's just got it. Okay, we've got 3.23 to play. 20 seconds of this power play remain for the Red Barons. And then we will have a good three minutes of play of three on three. The Icebreakers need to find two goals to send this one into overtime. You feel if the Red Barons can get one more here, it's over. I'm calling it. If the Red Barons get one more, it's good night, Gracie, and it's championship coming back to the Red Barons. That lady hasn't sung yet. Well, she's singing if that goal goes in the net for the Barons. She's getting the honey on the vocal cords. She's getting ready to sing Adele songs because that's generally what fat ladies do. Well, Adele's fat, so I don't like Adele. Wow. I don't give a shit. You know. Oh, look at me. Oh, I'm Oh, there's another penalty going what? on here. Wow, well, okay. <laughs> uh, Briggs is now apparently up. Everyone's getting a penalty. Oprah, you get a penalty. You get a penalty. You all get penalties. And uh, but the Red Barons can afford to do it because, again, they've got nothing to lose here. They're two goals up. And we will have one second to go on two-on-two. Two. Polari will come on. We'll get one minute and 48 of power play for the Icebreakers. 
I'm gonna. I think this game is just gonna end with penalties. Like <laughs> just the Red Barons will get to a point where they're just gonna go out of their way to make the puck go over the boards. They're gonna make stoppages of play. Long shot there, and now it's power play icebreakers. Here we go. Polaris straight back on the ice. Can he get a goal straight away? Nearly does, and good save by Stringer. 2:55 to play, Dakota. It's tense. It's tight. It's exciting. I think it's over, wouldn't you? I'm calling it if the Barons score. I'm calling it. They're loving the Bon Jovi on this playlist, I'm telling you that. Polari, face off one by the icebreakers. Davis, can he get his hat trick? He's waiting, he's got Cockrell just hovering around. It's actually Turner, I should say. Polari, Polari, back to Davis. Davis, well covered off there by the Barons. He goes, Polari scores! We're back to one! Nick Polari! Wow! We are back to within one. Polari with his second of the match and the second of the period. We'll be back to three on three. This is going to be well, Maybe so we're not back on to three on three. Are we, not, no, we are back on to three on three. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We've got two minutes 39 to play in this game, and it's all still to play for. It's one goal separating it. A lull goes over the stadium. Everybody gets excited. But we do have... 159 seconds of hockey to play right now with one goal separating these two teams. Scotty Reid, the Red Barons all of a sudden might not be able to take all those risks that they wanted to. They've got to fight, fight down a hungry icebreaker side. Turner can't quite hold on to it. Hargraves with the puck. Now what stage are the icebreakers thinking we might pull our goalie and give ourselves an extra player? Just keep an eye on Luke McDiamond and that whistle when he might find himself off on the bench. We have 2.10 to play. Hargraves. And it's icing Polari with it. And we will have face-off. Now, they've got to make a call at some point here, Dakota. Two minutes on the clock. At some point, they're going to call this to say, Luke, you come on the bench and you have a bit of a breather. Obviously, it's a bit different in our league here where the, the rink is so short, three on three, so open net goals are a lot more easier to score. And you've got to be very much on your defensive footwork. We've got a minute 48 to play. Chance now for the Red Barons to really probably seal it. Reed, back to Molly Facer. Can't quite get Facer. Oh, nearly just over the top. One minute 38. Here's Christine Cockrell. She's only got Tobias skills to beat. She flicks it out to Polario. Well done, Scott Reed. Great work there. Can't quite get onto it, though. And here goes the Leighton Cockrell just over the top of the goals there. Now skills. Two players to beat. Can he take them on both? Can't quite. Oh, Christine Cockrell deflects it down. Players going down everywhere. We're nearly into the final minute. Scotty Reed with the puck. Flicks it back. Turns it over. Polari. Polari can be the hero here. Polari! that went in just wide. 108 to play. Now, the Red Barons, they want to just hold on to this. Surely Luke McDiamond is going to have to be called here. One minute to go. And we have an icing call. Oh, my goodness. Luke is getting antsy. He wants to come off the ice. I don't know how this is going to go, Dakota. Telling Luke to get ready. Get ready, Luke. Get ready. Here we go. Here goes Tobias Skills. 
What can he do with it? He's just going to hold it up. They just need to waste the time here, the Red Barons. They need to hold on to it. Skills. He just this is doing exactly what he needs to do. Just maintain possession. Maver trying to fight his way through it. Davis is there in the corner. Skills. Wasting a good 10 seconds off the clock there for the Red Barons. Reed is going to pounce onto him in the corner. Scotty Reed has the puck. Fights it with Maver. This is a brilliant work here by the Red Barons to waste time. 30 seconds on the clock. They're not allowing any opportunity here for the Icebreakers to get the extra player on the ice. 24 seconds. The Red Barons wasting every second of the clock that they possibly can do here. They're not giving any opportunity. Bang! Down goes Whitaker. That will allow McDiamond to come off. And with 15 seconds on the clock, empty net. Four on three. Face off. What if? What to if? the right-hand side of the Barons net. What if? We've seen Cockrell do this before. 15 seconds. Face-off. Draw one by the Barons. They're just going to lob it up. Oh, pushed oh. out of it, though, is Davis. Just in front of the net. Three seconds off the clock. We've got 12 seconds remaining in the grand final. The Red Barons are 7-6 up. They were 7-4 up. The Icebreakers have scored the final two goals. 12 seconds remaining. Cockrell has Davis. He's got Polari. He's got Maver. Can he get any of them to find the puck in the net? 12 seconds. They're just Red Barons, I think, are deliberately biding their time here. Just, uh, using a few tactics here to get a few moments between their players. I think they're going for a stick change here, are they? No, they're calling for some paper towel. No, I think there's a bit of blood going on. Scott Reid has a, a bit of a wound above the eye I can see there. So they've called to the emergency first aid paper towel and just check out here in the middle of the ice. Leighton Cockrell directing his soldiers right now with 12 seconds on the clock. Can they find this miracle goal, Dakota? They may just are. Oh, Send us into overtime. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Wow. We wanted a close one. This is as close as you can get. And they're still there in the centre, talking it up. The four players out there at the moment, we have Leighton Cockrell, Rob Maver, Turner and Davis. McDiamond on the bench. Here we go. 12.1 on the clock. Empty net at one end. Stringer in the other. Rob Pike ready to drop this puck. Leighton Cockrell versus Tavaya Skills. Face off. One there by the Barons. All their players are being brought down. We've got eight seconds on the clock. The Icebreakers can't quite get to it. There's an opportunity. Davis! Davis! Davis can't do it! Oh, it's through the legs. No, it's not. It's a save. And we have 2.1 seconds. Davis nearly the hero. One more opportunity. The Icebreakers need everything clean to happen here with 2.1 seconds. Otherwise, the Barons are champions. Face off. Quick flick back. They're going to win it. The Red Barons are going to win the grand final. It's all done. Wow. What a match. The Red Barons break the drought. They are the 2017 Van Diemen's League champions for the first time since 2010. What an enthralling game of hockey as they get themselves into a circle, celebrate. 
and it's not the result I think the crowd wanted. Meanwhile, the icebreakers, well... It's just outside of the crowd, really. They look uh, very disappointed, but I think they are also got to be proud of their efforts in such a fairy tale season. The Red Barons, Dakota Leary. What a last period. Yeah, that was uh, very... Yeah, I would just... Imagine what would have happened if the... Uh, what's Jim call it? The... Um, the goals went in. We could have, would have got a goal. That would have been, that would have been quite something special. So yeah, absolutely incredible. Game, yeah. And real sort of lull here at the moment as the team just kind of in their circles. The Red Barons just focus. It's the Icebreakers there cheering themselves after a fantastic year by the Icebreakers. A great job by them. Their very first season. They'll be back next year, of course. But uh, sadly, it is heartbreak again for Leighton Cockrell, Mika Polari. But finally, for Hargraves, for Scotty Reed, for the invisible Matty Adams, who we said is here, but he's not. They finally break the duck, and the Red Barons are back to the top of the pile. This is a side Dakota two seasons ago didn't even make the playoffs. Similar to the Cougars. They uh, took a year away, made it back to the playoffs, but then... Had to have another year to regroup. And great job. Molly Facer there getting a hug from uh, Mika Polari. Good to see her winning her first uh, grand final medal. And uh, absolutely fantastic. And a big congratulations to the Red Barons. And I definitely recommend you listening to the full game to hear everything that came along with that, including myself getting the distinct honour of dropping the puck pre-game and not slipping on the ice. So... Uh, I was thrilled to have that honour and thrilled to not slip over. It's been a few weeks since we've had this man on the show. I uh, don't know why, just haven't been bothered really. Uh, it's Colin Hilton from Canada. Hello, Colin, welcome back. Well, it's good to know you can't be bothered with Canadians for a few weeks. I'm oh. rethinking why I'm here. <laughs> you, know, I, you know I like Canadians more than most, um, but for yeah. some reason I went on the road with Noah and went back to New Zealand in terms of Nick coming back on the show and... We haven't had any Americans on the show in a while, so that's some cold comfort, or I don't know. That's that. clearly who you like the least. Yeah, apparently. Uh, not the French or the Moroccans, but anyway. Um, so, what's happened in Canada? I think the big news, uh, you've talked about the Tragically Hip on this show previously. I think was it within the last 12 months I had that big, massive concert that was sort of broadcast everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but sadly, sadly, the lead singer of the Tragic tragically hip uh, is a Gord Downey am I saying that correctly he passed yep. away tell, tell us about what this means to Canada because you sort of explained it to me in a way that obviously uh, this is quite a big deal yeah well this is I mean if you're outside of Canada you probably haven't heard of the tragically but if you have you have no idea how big they are here uh, we were sort of talking off air about what you know Australian music is it big in Australia or is it just like a few big artists but like here in Canada from the point that tragically it broke through and on, I would say Canadian music is at least on level, if not bigger than most American artists. Uh, the tragically, especially like they are about, I would say as big as any band has ever gotten here or Canadian or otherwise outside of only the Beatles. So if you take like the Rolling Stones or U2, I mean, there are probably more people here who love the tragically than would ever bother to listen to U2 or the Rolling Stones. And those are like, you know, legendary bands here as well. But with them, I mean, just to put in perspective, I think it was 1994, they released like their third or fourth album. And at that point in American album sales, Pearl Jam, it was such a big deal that 
one of theirs had almost sold a million copies, which is platinum status, in one week. And the Tragically Hip, the very next year, released an album that went three times platinum in less than a week. So we're talking like their sales blow away anything you've ever even imagined. And uh, they've never really gone away. They've always been huge. Uh, the band's never broken up. You've never lost any members. They'll sell out stadiums and arenas, you know, to this day. And it was uh, last year, just before their last album came out, where the lead singer, Gord Downey, announced that he had terminal brain cancer and probably only a short time to live. But he was determined he wanted to do one last tour. And it wasn't until after he died, you know, um, what is it, like maybe two weeks ago, that people even realized, because there's a documentary that was made that was released in theaters, but they actually aired it on TV uh, right after he died, where they're showing practices the band was having. The band saying, up until the moment we had that first concert, we had no idea if this was ever going to work. In fact, we assumed it wouldn't, because he couldn't remember the names of songs, he couldn't remember lyrics, like that's how bad uh, his brain cancer had gotten. And somehow they went on and did a tour of the entire country and their final concert was broadcast live on TV the day of the last day of competition of the Rio Olympics. And I think it's the second most watched broadcast in the country's history behind only Canada's gold medal win in uh, the hockey of Vancouver 2010. Wow. And that was before he died. So you got to imagine if Bono were to tomorrow say or Mick Jagger tomorrow say, uh, I'm dying of terminal brain cancer. I'm going to do one last album, one last tour, what it would be like. And then for a guy that basically defined the entire country, like, this is probably a bigger deal than any prime minister that will ever die in Canada here. Well, I saw the news because, uh, you know, I'm a big follower of Justin Trudeau on Twitter, of course. And um, mm-hmm. it, it came out basically on his Twitter that, you know, he was tweeting statements about this. Uh, so that's kind of where, where I saw it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... It's uh, I, the only thing that I can kind of compare that to in Australia, and it's not really the same thing because uh, Neil Finn's not dead. But um, when <laughs> when Crowded House announced, I think in like the nineties that they were going to stop touring, and Crowded House technically an Australian, they're fucking New Zealand, but this is just Australia. We take away New Zealand stuff. They did this like <laughs> farewell sort of. They said we're going to do a farewell show at the Sydney Opera House, and like it just free and just. It, Packed. I remember just seeing the scenes of everybody packed out at the Sydney Opera House, like on the steps of it, and I think they might have been broadcast at live or something like that. It's the only time musically in Australia that I can think of we had something that big of a deal for a non-Australian band. Um, but, I mean, like, let's be honest, Crowded House are amazing. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously very sad. Uh, I mean, I didn't know anything about them until a year ago, until you told me about them, but... Uh, I mean, is this like, does this sort of person where his like funeral gets broadcast live on TV or something like that? I mean, you know, like you, you've always like when Steve Irwin died, he had that huge thing here, like the memorial that was broadcast live on TV. So was it sort of on that level? No, I think I mean Canadians are very different. They would like give a lot of privacy for stuff like this. But my wife was asking me about this. You know, she wasn't like the biggest fan of theirs, but she's with most people. You can't really listen to one or two tragically up songs. You kind of have to hear a bunch of them to really get what they are. And she's kind of come around to them the last few years and watching the documentary the week that he died, which is really the last year of them as a band. You know, as he's progressively getting worse, but yeah, somehow pulling off this amazing tour. Um, She was sort of saying, like, you know, what do you think this is going to be like now that he's dead? You know, is everybody going to freak out? And I was saying everything I'm seeing is almost like people happy because 
it is a very different scenario, and I don't think it's something that's ever really happened before where you have this iconic figure that basically announces to the world, I'm going to die, and they find a way to do this farewell tour that almost gives like the whole country cl- – it sounds weird, but it gives the whole country closure where they were almost happy when he passed because they knew <laughs> this was coming, and they got this final – you know, uh, tour this final concert broadcast live, this final album, everything they were able to pull off, where people kind of just wanted him to be at peace. So uh, the reaction from Canada was like, yes, this is sad, but, you know, we're happy that he's not suffering anymore. It's just, it was a very weird thing when he died that people weren't really mourning as much as they were just like, you know, I'm glad it's over for him. Interesting that you mentioned about how it was one of the most highest-rating things in ever. I had to Google this because I love seeing little stats like this. Uh, I found here the top 21 most watched broadcasts in Canadian <laughs> history. Um, every single one of these is sports-related, except for yeah. a tragically hit. So according to this list I'm seeing, that was the fourth most. Um, the other three ahead of it are all... So, yeah, the gold medal game, USA-Canada, then the uh, 2010 Winter Olympics opening and closing ceremony, then a tragically hit, then you got... Uh, all Winter Olympic-related stuff. You've got the uh, 2010, the Canada-USA preliminary game, 2010 quarterfinals, Canada-Russia yeah. quarterfinal, <laughs> 2002 men's uh, hockey gold medal game, a game which I stayed home from school to watch. I was Canadian that day. Uh, Canada versus USA gold medal game, and then that. Then you got to look at here. Stanley Cup final, game seven, Boston at Vancouver, number nine. <laughs> Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what year that is. XLIX. You've got, like, so many Super Bowls in your uh, top 20 here. Um, you know what's funny, though, is that you mentioned that list, and in one of the top... If you're looking at the, like, the top American-rated programs of all time, it's going to be, like, Seinfeld finale, MASH finale, you know, uh, Friends finale, uh, O.J. Simpson verdict, and things like that, Super Bowl, Academy Awards. You're not even mentioning all, like, Stanley Cup finals and Olympics. Yeah, there is that stuff. But you're, like, quarterfinal game. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like... If top 10 most uh, highest rated American programs and you're like uh, the Cleveland Browns against the Denver Broncos, December 7th, 1998. Well, I've got uh, the U.S. ones here, actually, uh, the top 20 are all Super Bowls except for number nine, the MASH finale. Uh, But I have seen uh, there is a list of non-sports ones I've seen. Uh, yeah, most watched series finales of all time. So, like, MASH, number one, Cheers, Seinfeld, Friends. I know, I mean, obviously, you and I are Survivor fans. We know that the uh, finale of season one was, like, the mm. second most watched uh, show of the decade between 2000 and 2010. I found the, the Australian one, there's not as much details on the Australian one uh, as that. But I, I want to question this because I know there's been a few other different ones in this one. Uh, so, the most watched broadcast in Australian history is the funeral of Princess Diana. Um, doesn't what? Doesn't give me numbers. The second most watched broadcast, the wedding of Charles and Princess Diana. <laughs> uh, number three, the Sydney Olympics opening... Oh, no, number three, sorry, the Sydney Olympic closing ceremony followed by the Sydney Olympics opening oh. ceremony. Number five, the wedding of Prince William and Catherine Middleton. <laughs> what is our obsession with weddings and funerals? <laughs> um, You're just a country by loving... Death. Number, it's just weird. Number six, the 1984 opening ceremony of the summer. Okay, we just like that year the best. The World of the Seekers. Well, there's a music one for you. Big Australian band, The Seekers. We have Boxing, Lionel Rose versus Alan Rudkin 8. Number nine, The Sound of Music. And number ten, <laughs> Roots. Uh, the reason I question that, because I know that, um, 
Yeah, so oh, since 2001. Okay, this is when ratings are a little bit different. So the British Royal Reading. So, oh, so I was going to say, I knew the 2005 Australian Open tennis final was up there, but that was that's number two since 2001 when Leighton Hewitt made that final. Number three, the MasterChef finale, followed by the Rugby World Cup final, MasterChef finale again, the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony, the AFL Grand Final of 2005, The Block, season four, winner announced. Australian Idol final verdict and The Voice grand final 2012. That's I was going to ask, where is Guy Sebastian on this list? <laughs> um, well, Australian Idol is that is that season one? It is final verdict number nine. So that would have been season one. Uh, so yeah, he's number ninth most watched show since 2001. Um, Cultural significance is Diana Charles Roots. <laughs> And Guy Sebastian. <laughs> Just, you know, it's, it's great to see that as, as a Republican, Australian Republican, not an American Republican people, um, that we just cannot get uh, outside of this, uh, you know, uh, thing to do with the royals when we just keep watching their weddings. Uh, like, stop watching their weddings, Australia. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, and what's going to happen when Guy Sebastian and Olivia Newton-John tie the knot? Like that's what we really want to see. <laughs> well, that's that's like in Canada when Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger tie the knot, right? That was like the biggest thing ever, you know? Like <laughs> well, almost not, not really. <laughs> Where, where's that number one on the Canadian most viewed point? The wedding of Chad Kroger and Avril Lavigne. That's that's what we were discussing earlier about you know. People who are famous outside of Canada that Canadians really can't stand. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about ice hockey instead, but one thing actually before I do, because I'll forget about this. Uh, you know, you've obviously heard me talk a little bit about Australia's obsession with Justin Trudeau and his bum. Um, yeah, every- <laughs> yeah. We, we might have a new person to, to love here in Australia, Colin. I'm sure you're uh, an avid listener of the brink in terms of what's happened in New Zealand politics recently. But uh, New Zealand has a new Prime Minister. Her name is Jacinda Ardern. She's a a young, fairly attractive female. She's apparently in Australia at the moment, and I'm seeing all these headlines about uh, Jacinda Fever is here. Uh, So Justin Trudeau hasn't come to Australia yet, Colin, but Jacinda Ardern has. Come on. We We want Justin here. Yeah, and you know that it's objectifying to make those comments about her, but not Justin Trudeau. You do know that, right? <laughs> exactly, because this is a woman who somebody asked her in an interview when she became the opposition leader, why don't you have kids, to which she ripped them a new one, so no one has dared brought up anything since <laughs> in regards to her being a female. But uh, we're the brink, we're allowed to. How young is she, too? She's uh, 37, so yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so in, in a in a year, I could be the prime minister in New Zealand if I wanted to. <laughs> oh, you probably got more chance to be I'm prime just, minister uh, here because like everybody gets a turn in Australia. So <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit more stable in New Zealand. I think their last well, Bill English was in for a little bit, but uh, the guy before I can't remember his name. It was a it was a toss. Uh, he was there for like ten years. I don't actually know much about him. I think Nick told, tells me most. But anyway, good on you, Jacinda. Okay. Yeah, if if you want to continue doing this segment every week, uh, I would be more than happy to talk about Jacinda Arden more than I would Justin Trudeau. I'm just putting that out there. Get Jamie to come on and talk about Justin Trudeau. What does Jamie think of your prime minister? We've never got an opinion there, have we? She's, she's not a fan of Justin Trudeau. Oh, more of his father? or No, I, yeah, probably. Can I, can I just point out that I've just literally Googled Justin Trudeau. Top stories, and it's an Australian website from the Sydney Morning Herald. 
Nobody noticed what Justin Trudeau's son wore to Halloween, and that's worth celebrating. Everyone's, like, looking at Justin Trudeau. He's wearing, like, he's, what, Clark Kent? He kind of actually looks like Clark Kent. Uh, (laughs) Did you see this? No, because when I search Justin Trudeau, it's all negative articles because we're following his politics here. (laughs) It's Justin Trudeau is getting cocky about the economy. Quebec MNA urges Justin Trudeau to grant Catalonian president asylum. Sheer blast Trudeau for supporting Governor General. And yet here we have the esteemed journalist from the Sydney Morning Herald, which is meant to be the respected Sydney newspaper, not the trashy Daily Telegraph, uh, Casey Edwards. When photos emerged of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau trick-or-treating with his family Halloween this week, I held my breath and braced for the backlash. Unsurprisingly, (laughs) the world swooned at the way Trudeau prioritised being a dad, not to mention his rather endearing costume of Clark Kent. (laughs) I'm ashamed to be a Superman fan now looking at this picture. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, when I search Justin Trudeau Halloween, Justin Trudeau is lighting up the internet with his amazing Halloween costume. Um, this is, I don't know if you saw my, you follow Jamie on Instagram. You saw her Halloween costume of her as Superman. She basically was going as Justin Trudeau that day. She was. Similar pose and everything. Yeah. I think, I, think I might have liked that post. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's that- because you thought following Justin Trudeau. True, exactly. I thought uh, they looked in the same. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of Halloween and leaders, the, the one video I did have to laugh at this week was somebody was like, Barack Obama and Donald Trump have differing ways of dealing with kids on Halloween. So you got, you know, Barack Obama, I think there was that famous one from a year or so ago where, like, you got that little kid dressed up as Prince and Barack Obama's like, hey, Prince, what's going on? Purple rain, purple rain. Like, you know, Obama, he's cool. You got Donald Trump awkwardly sitting by, like, the desk of the Oval Office. He's like... What are you dressed as? Oh, oh, you don't want to be grow up like your parents. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Moving on. <laughs> and then he's like, see them over there? They're the media. Yes, they are. <laughs> like, fake news. <laughs> that is the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Uh, well, ice hockey, we, uh, I mean, we, we played it on this episode and it's now available now. You can download uh, the 2017 Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final, Red Barons versus the Icebreakers. Um, you saw the video. You liked the video on um, yes on Instagram. I got I got the honour of dropping the puck, the ceremonial puck. Uh, I didn't slip over. I was very happy about that. Um, as a Canadian, any comments about an Australian <laughs> dropping the puck at our big championship game in Tasmania, which you probably looked at and gone, "Holy shit, that's lame." <laughs> well, I was actually thinking, you know, most Canadians would look at that and be like, "Oh, isn't that cute?" They got like fifty people there to see it, but. <laughs> At the same time, every Canadian would watch that because I flick through our channels and we have like the Nipawa Manitoba High School Hockey <laughs> channel. <laughs> Sign me up. We will watch. We will watch anything hockey. Like if there's a video of this game, I'm watching it tonight as I go to bed because anything hockey is cool. Uh, but I was watching you thinking like the way you were walking out, it almost looked like you were you thought you were gonna fall. Um, <laughs> it, it looked like. It basically looks like the way that I walk. Today was the first real snowfall we had. And that's kind of how I walk for the first six steps out of the door. And then I'm basically just running at normal speed. <laughs> so when you're on ice like we are, um, it's uh, a lot easier, I guess, than somebody. But it's it's still a cool honor. Like I'm thinking if any Canadian were allowed to drop the puck at any game, you know, if, if the Jets, we, we get like, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 Jets games a year. If I got to drop the puck at one of those, that would be great. But, I mean, to, that's, like, the equivalent of dropping the puck at the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, 
How did you win such an honor? Uh, basically, the woman they get to do every year, the mayor of the the city that the the thing's in, is no longer the mayor because that council got disbanded because they're a bit corrupt. So uh, basically, I was like 18th down the list. <laughs> you are the most non-corrupt person on the list. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, we we I spoke to Marcus in our little in our coverage yesterday about that. I'm like, was I just the one down the list that you know? Because he messages me and he's like, oh, you know, the mayor Chrissy Johnson Chelsea can't do it. Do you got any suggestions? So I'm like, oh, well, you know, I know the Premier. I can maybe see if he's available. Or like, we've got this sort of local well-known actor called John X, who is sort of like a, a theatre and TV actor from Tasmania. He's kind of a bit known in Australia. And then within two seconds, they come straight back to me. Would you like to do it? And I'm like, is this just your way of saying, like, you don't think you could get John X in the Premier, so you'll do? Uh- <laughs> no, it was their way of when they're looking at this message. They're like, he's suggesting all the people that already said no. Just get Waterworth to do it already. I mean, I was I was very honoured to have the honour. But, um, you know, I honestly thought I was going to fall on my ass Because the only time I think I've ever walked on, like, ice, ice like that. Not ground, ice. Um, was when oh, I was like twenty. Well, that, but um, I mean, like an ice <laughs> rink without skates on. Uh, I was twenty thirteen. I got to go to a, they had the Invitational Series here, Australia versus uh, Australia versus Canada, USA versus Canada. When I got to like do a media day and interview like the Stanley Cup winners and these C and D list, you know, NHL stars that they brought out for this big match, and they get there and like. The, the the organizer are like okay now let's come on the ice and you can come and interview the players and like I'm here with like twenty other media people <laughs> we all look at each other going dude we're wearing shoes we can't walk on that I'm like oh no it's fine <laughs> just you know walk on it and we it's like as you said you start walking out and thinking you're going to slip over you're like, actually this isn't too bad like it's actually kind of easy yeah. to walk on ice like that yeah yeah there's there's a whole process to learning how to walk on ice and it doesn't take long and then you're used to it i mean we actually have i don't know if you have it there but we have sponge hockey here which is basically it's basically ice hockey without skates it's just walking with Field shoes hockey? on ice yeah it's, it's just shoe hockey you're still on ice but you're wearing your shoes basically and even that's a thing here uh, well, we just, yeah, I think call that field hockey, but um, I just, I just totally cool runnings that, you know, John Candy's lines, grip with your toes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know what, and that's real because I've run like 5k races on ice before and then my feet are cramped the next day because I don't realize I'm doing that. So I guess every Canadian subconsciously has John Candy's voice running through their head every time they step out on ice. <laughs> well, it was it was a great game. Uh, you know, we heard the highlights on this episode. But, um, yeah, the Red Barons won their first premiership like in forever. And it all came basically down to uh, there was like a last play section. They were seven. It was a tight game. The whole game was just like one goal either way. And then it was all tied up. And they sort of broke away a little bit in the third. And then uh, the Icebreakers got two quick goals towards the end. So 7-6. And the Icebreakers just had an opportunity to tie it up, send it over time. But like you said, like, you know, oh, Canadians, I think that's cute. There's like 50 people there. I mean, they would have – it was a full house. I mean, this, again, you the day you eventually come to Tasmania, you will just fall over in hysterics at our ice rink. The only <laughs> ice rink in our entire state. It has not been updated since 1993. You legitimately walk into like the room where the eight bowl table is and the foosball table. They've got this ginormous poster of Michael Jordan like in full flight. <laughs> they don't even have one of like Wayne Gretzky or anything like that, but like, that would have been brand new in 1993. Uh, Crowded house is still on the jukebox. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> they've got they've got I think about three or four like posters around the rink of like NHL players who I've never heard of, and they're wearing like you know Hartford Whalers tops and things like that. Um, but like they got their mullets and mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, like this is they always get about this many people for the grand final. It's the seventh one I've done, and it's great atmosphere for us in Tasmania to have this in a sport that. You know, when I'm there commentating, usually on a Tuesday night, there's nobody in the stands at all. So, um, yeah, it's great. It'd be no different to like an it's... AFL game for you if you get like 50 people in the crowd watching the <laughs> Winnipeg Bears win the grand final. We're still waiting to get 15 people for a practice. So... How is that going, by the way? How are the Winnipeg Bears traveling? Hey, <laughs> I wasn't there for the last two practices, but they, you know, they did one last week, and you know well below freezing temperature and uh we're getting a lot of kids out so i'm um, it's starting to look like it's more likely we're going to get a kids league going before an adult league <laughs> well as i interviewed one of these guys yesterday uh there was um with well, that actually was one of the players for the icebreakers so there was a, one of the best players in the league uh leighton cockrell uh he's been sort of around for a long time he changed teams this other team but his sister came down to play this game and i'd heard of her because i'm like isn't your sister like really good and i looked her up and she's actually like played in the australian women's national league she's played for australia Australia. Uh, so she was like playing this game last night and I interviewed her and then their father was there and he wanted to have a bit of a chat with us and he was like oh yeah I won a premiership about 20 years ago with Leighton and Christine and I'm like oh like how old are you and he's like oh yeah they were short of numbers so I had to play for the under 17s you know I was like 40 but you know it was okay uh, so like that's Tasmanian ice hockey for you that in the under 17s when they used to have age brackets now uh, I mean this is the thing with our, our league we had you know the two teams last night uh, had a female on each side, so they just mixed the men and the women. Oh, wow. they're, they're tough. That's how they do it here in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to getting my autographed Cockrell family uh, <laughs> cards in the mail. Hey, too. they are the Gretzkys <laughs> of Tasmanian ice hockey. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add on Canadian issue? I don't know if anything else has happened that you want to talk about, or that's just- it. Winter is here, so... Um, oh. Happy 12-month <laughs> anniversary, are... Colin, to when I was there. It's basically a year since yeah. I was in Winnipeg. Aw. Yeah. And my wife's reminding me our anniversary is coming up, so <laughs> sorry to say it's not on my mind right now. <laughs> I was going to say, you should go to like the Canadian Museum of Human Rights as a one-year anniversary. Oh, well, yeah. Go do One year video. later. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly have a car accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have That's those... every day driving in the snow here. Go to that pizza place and get those chips again. Like, come on. Uh... Oh, we were just there last night too, actually. Oh, that was a good pizza. That really was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we'll try to get you on uh, again sooner. But, um, Colin, thank you for joining us on The Brink. Thank you. Alrighty, time to close it all out for another episode and before I do let's have a bit of a teaser a snippet of course we've released the first trailer for the Brink Unleashed 8 today the film comes out this time next week but uh, if you haven't seen the uh, trailer itself we're going to play some audio from it for you there's not a whole lot of audio here it's a bit of Star Wars music with some weird voiceovers so uh, here you go the audio from the trailer that came out today for the Brink Unleashed 8 um we're walking through City Park at night oh I wonder where Noah's gone Where's Noah? Drive. Just drive. 
What do you see? An echidna. A goat. One star refused. There's so much more. Dead. I really, really, really miss America right now. It's uh, exciting. It's great. And uh, one of the uh, best trailers I think that we've put out there. So uh, check it out on the Facebook page, our YouTube page. That's where you can find those. And as always, whilst you're there, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and uh, you can send us a message on Facebook. Subscribe here on iTunes or uh, on Spotify, Stitcher. I don't think we're on Spotify. Stitcher is the one I want. Spotify just for the Oz Network. But uh, we always appreciate any feedback you want to leave us along the way. We do read every single bit of correspondence that we get and we generally like to reply to it as well. So, uh there you go. Thank you so much to everybody who has uh, tuned in, to everybody, of course, who downloaded our Van Diemen's League Grand Final coverage and everything else in between. Uh, we will be back this time next week for episode 51 of this great podcast that you know and love. Until then, my name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Good night.